0: This is the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. Welcome to Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I'm one of your hosts, David, also <gasps> known as Nightly. That's right. What a surprise. I'm surprised. Alongside me, we got Freddy. That's me, always keeping it spoopy. Also known as Night Night. And we are a group of knights without Prince tonight. <laughs> He's <laughs> yes. feeling under the weather so he is actually taking the week off and we're gonna come into the show Mm. Uh, but back to it we are a group of knights with an absolute love for film and a passion for horror this is a podcast that takes a different horror film to break down and discuss the ultimate question why horror so hit the lights sit back and let the darkness envelop you If you like that and want extra horror-related content, head over to patreon.com slash nightlightpod and that's night with a what? K. Now, to continuing with our Have a Bad Day month, a.k.a. Workplace Horror Month, we want to let you know that this film is brought to you by our Ghoulish Night Select. If you'd like to vote for our next film, you can learn more over at patreon.com forward slash nightlightpod and that's night with a K. Now, the film that we will be diving into tonight is The Innkeepers. Yes. Directed by Ty West, first and foremost. Ready? Thoughts?
1: Man, so I'm a big fan of Ty West. Obviously, especially after last year where he surprised us with not one, but two movies, which was X and also Pearl. Uh and Ty West that was one of the one of the first movies that we covered on Nightlight when we did House of the Devil as well. And that was one of our earliest episodes, and it was so much fun to do that. And I've never seen the Innkeepers before. So this was my first time watch, which I really, really enjoyed. I think oh, okay. this movie is a slow burn. Yeah. Uh, I think they have a lot of funny characters, and a lot of different types of personalities in this movie. And I feel like although it's a slow burn uh, burn in the beginning of the movie, in the first two acts, it is something that is maybe hit or miss with some people. I don't see a lot of people loving this movie too much, but once it gets there, it it gets there. And I can generally say that this movie is scary. There are moments where I'm like, wow, this is really great acting. These are really great scares, and you don't expect a lot of them as well towards the end. But I did dig this movie. I thought this movie just was fun. I was expecting a lot scarier movie going in yeah, or a lot more scares in general. Uh, but we don't really get that. And that's fine sometimes when there is a payoff. And I like – maybe I'm a little sadistic here. I like that it didn't have a really happy ending and just no real, like, resolve. Because I would say, like, if this happened realistically, it'd probably play out like this, where, like, nothing's really happening. They don't really record much, but they have a little bit of uh, paranormal activity, and then it just goes off, and then, like, something really bad happens. And I'll be very interested to see how we kind of deep dive into this, because I do think this movie looks gorgeous. I think the directing is really well done. Uh, I like the different angles it plays on. And I also like that the camera movement where, like, slowly moves forward, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, so there's great camera techniques in this, too. And I think the cast did a really good job with the acting, too. I think they that both main characters play off each other really well. Um, but yeah, there's something about this movie that just makes me happy to have watched it. And I'm really happy to see more of Ty West's work, which I can really understand why he has such a like, cult following around him as well. Uh, very excited to see what he does with Maxine later on, maybe this year, hopefully. Um, but yeah he's a, he's a really good director and can really give uh, a scary story come to life which is great yeah uh, but i do think it is a little too slow in the first half
0: yeah um i'm really glad to hear that you enjoy this film this film actually didn't do all that much for me um it was a little
1: mm, lackluster A
0: little yeah bit. lackluster boring yeah. for me i see what ty west is doing here um, he really wants to play with the idea of you anticipating what is there, right? Right. And you creating that a lot
1: of moments like that, exactly.
0: too. Exactly. You're he's they're really just like trying to build up the suspense of you wondering is something gonna happen, is something gonna jump out. And you do have those moments in this film. Um, it just wasn't for me. I think what was uh refreshing to see though was that it was um a little more childish than I expected and I actually liked that <laughs> take with her main character it, she, she she seemed very young and naive Damn. and childlike and it adds a, a sense of um, whimsicalness to this movie that I thought was cool I don't think it's a bad movie it just isn't for me it didn't really uh get me all too excited but i'm happy to hear that that you liked it and so i'm, I'm glad that we have different perspectives on it so yeah we could hear both sides from But it. this
1: movie i feel like i really like it but i'm not in love with it because sometimes we talk about like less is more right the jaws effect yeah type of exactly. thing. but this one i was like i just want more <laughs> yeah there's like too much less a little bit more but at the same time i was like i'll give it a pass because of how good it is with like the story structure of like i i like like what you said it's like they're making you anticipate something is going to happen and never happens. And when does it happen? Is it a little too late for me? No, it still works. But for some people, I can totally see this as like a turnoff. It's like, Oh, there's not enough going on. Yeah. Um, but there's enough like lore and like different type of stuff that they kind of go through. And we kind of learn a little bit more about our characters and the people who are like, um, the guests at the hotel, I guess a, a little bit, but I love like the motivation and maybe, I don't know, what the real payoff is. That's a big thing, too. And I guess the payoff is that there is no real payoff, (laughs) which also works in its own way because not a lot of movies take that risk. And I'll be like, cool, this is the time where, like, spoilers, because you're going to listen to this. Hopefully you've watched the movie already. Um, She does not make it.
0: Yeah,
1: There is no happy ending. Yeah, And I feel like a lot of movies... Don't do that. And a lot of horror films don't do that because a lot of people really connect to horror films because of, like, hey, we all go through struggles of life. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go through a lot of hardships and we go through a lot of roadblocks. How can we overcome it and see someone become victorious at the end? And we have that catharsis. But with this movie, I feel like it's also a reflection of life. Like, sometimes it doesn't work out.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. And
1: we don't see that that often, which gives it a lot of like brownie points for me. It'll be like, all right, I like your risk that you took and. I'm down for
0: it. Really good perspective. Hmm. Um, I think this movie definitely fits very well into um, the theme of our month, right? Oh, yeah. Um, just...
1: Terrible workplace. Have, have
0: a have a bad day.
1: It's uh, like, hey, I'm gonna go on vacation. You two can take care of the hotel while I'm gone, and it's gonna be the last few days. And you're barely gonna have people yeah. or do something. But it's like and
0: it's haunted. Yeah, and you're <laughs> in this situation because you're stuck at work. Yeah, right? So, no workers comp for but, what happens. But before we get into the movie, and you know, I kind of mixed it up on all of you just to add a little flair and spice. We want to shout out our patrons, patrons, uh, and. You can find our patrons over at patreon.com slash slash That's night with a K. But Kay. we want to give us yeah, we want to give a special <laughs> thank to Andrew, Cheyenne, Eric, Frank, Joe, Johnny, Kelly, Carrie, Kayla, Patrick, Chantal, Stu, uh, Willow. Love it. <laughs> you know, I always wondered if uh, Prince added the "uh" in there because no, I no, never it, see the a list, long, but it's uh, there. Yeah, Willow. Shout Zachary, Alexis, Anna, Ragalock, Calvin, Daniel, Freddie. Thank you, Freddy.
1: Yeah, No problem.
0: Jared, Jasmine, Jesse, Jessica, Josh, Kaylee, Kit, Kristen, Laura, Lizzie, Nasha, excuse me if I said that incorrectly, Randy, Rob, Rio, Scary Stuff Podcast, Stephanie, Vaughn. And that's everyone. That's that, a long list. Yeah. I Appreciate was like, wow, y'all. we're going. Yeah. <laughs> that's everyone that pledged um, to get a shout out um, at, I believe, $5 or above. Um, but thank you all so much. Um, yeah, we love you guys. Yeah. It it, it really means a lot um, to, to to see this list, right? I know Prince usually handles these shout, shout outs, but um, wow. Thank you. And I never yeah. get to really say it myself because, you know. As a spotlight and that's <laughs> yeah. that's okay that's how we like it um but thank you so much and and i know me and freddie are absolutely thankful for all of you so much but diving into the innkeepers directed by ty west released on february 3rd 2012 with a runtime of an hour and 41 minutes a budget of 750k freddie we just saw this right before we yes. started and a box office of 1.2 million dollars
1: Small box office, but small budget, too. Yeah. Really so, small budget they for They came movie. out ahead.
0: Um, Rotten Tomatoes rating, 79%. Oh, yeah. I agree
1: with it. Yeah? 79. Yeah.
0: You know, I saw that prior to I watched the movie. I was like, oh, dang. This one's going to be a good one. Yeah. D- didn't like it, but that's okay. I don't think it's a bad movie. <laughs> I
1: think, did you expect it to be a lot scarier or like more action? I went in blind.
0: I had oh, no idea what I was going to get myself into. I, yeah. I, I just started it.
1: That's true. Me too. And I was like, oh,
0: that's yeah. cool. But again, I'm glad that we have different perspectives. Yes. But we open to an old illustrious, uh, excuse me, we old, open to an old illustration of a hotel fading to the inside of the hotel to showcase the rooms and the title card. The images continue fading to show off the property aging over the years. Claire walks into the hotel. It's sporting a sign saying that it's going out of business. She heads, she heads inside the hotel, dropping her bag on the floor and taking her jacket off to hang on the hook. Her co-worker, Luke, Comes into the room, eating some beef jerky, greeting her. Mocking that it's just them going through the end of the days. She chuckles, questioning if, if she's if he's spoken to Ron lately. He eerily shares that Ron is in Barbados and he explicitly asks to not be disturbed. She scoffs that he would be off in Barbados too if he owned this place. He agreed that he would, especially if he had two saps covering for him. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, that's it's so... It's so easy to empathize with that. Um, just if you've worked in customer service before. and uh, Right. It's like, you oh, know,
1: why did the bosses get through this and we were get stuck with like, ex- the, this type of Especially,
0: yeah, with the closing, right? And you would think like the owner, the boss would be there for its final days. But it's like, nah, I just got someone covering it. I'm Doesn't even vacation. care
1: about the closure of its own place. Exactly. Yeah, that sucks. While
0: well, grabbing her work shirt, she remembers to ask if he got his camera fixed. He hasn't. Needing to send it back to... Panasonic ass, but <laughs> but is is that what he actually says in the yeah, movie? Yeah, he does. It's funny. I'm reading. I'm reading these notes, and uh, it's like, it, oh, it,
1: give context. Uh, this is
0: Prince's notes. Yeah, these are Prince's <laughs> notes that I'm reading for the uh, for hosting tonight. So, uh,
1: but uh, yeah, it's kind of like he wanted to say Panasonic, probably. Yeah, but you can't really say that in the movie. It's like, oh, I have to return it to Panasonic ass. <laughs> that's a really that's funny. a creative way
0: to go about it. Yeah, yeah, but he has his microphones, so they could do EVP investigations. That's good enough for her. This reminding him that he has to show her something. Luke opens up his laptop to show her a video that he found one of his paranormal forums. Claire wonders what it is, but he just wants to see uh, her to see it for herself, handing her headphones. As she looks intensively, he continues that he missed it earlier and for her to look closely, it, poss- it possibly blowing her mind. You've been here before, right, Freddie?
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah,
0: like, I, I like think... Like, your friends want to show you this video yeah. to try to scare you I wonder you and if stuff this like happens this. today, but uh, I remember being in elementary school, like, people would always be like, yo, just look at this video, stare in it intensely, look for right. a, w- the hidden thing on there.
1: I think I remember there was one where it's just, like, a camera, which was, like, a overlooking down like a forest area in the road and the car was like driving oh, down oh yeah that's
0: the classic and one and
1: that's like the one like everyone was like oh you gotta check this one out yeah. or the people who did like the line maze and then you have to follow the, the thing to all the way through the line with the mouse you can't touch the sides oh, and yeah. eventually it'll scare you yeah was a lot of these it was they, popular uh, back in the day I
0: wonder if there's still a thing for kids today <laughs> now nah, it's just TikTok scares it's true yeah she continues staring at the image of a rocking chair and a hanging dress in the attic Nothing is happening until someone screaming comes into frame, causing her to get startled and start laughing. Calling Luke a bastard who's cracking up from it. You know what? What's up?
1: This video sums up the entire movie.
0: Yeah. Nothing
1: happens, and then out of nowhere, we get the scares, and then it's over.
0: That's exactly what I was thinking when I um brought up how this movie is really set up for you to imagine something's going to come out. Mm-hmm. And I, very, I was very much thinking about this moment in the movie when I when I had said that.
1: Yeah, no, this is the perfect sum of and it. Creates the full tone of what, what's to come with this movie too, about like how everything's like spooky, builds up tension, and then like comedic relief. Yeah, and then it continues on.
0: Yeah, it's it's all very playful for the most part. Oh, for sure. Uh, but we like divulge into a little more seriousness yes. later on. She walks around the corner, taking a hit from her inhaler and trying to regain her composure. <laughs> also, I think it was funny that she like she was written to have this inhaler. Um, right, but never really used
1: it when she's like yeah. coughing or having a little asthma attack she's just like randomly. It scared me, got
0: me. Yeah, I wonder I wonder what the idea behind that was and why they really wanted to like uh add that to her character. I think um you know, I think it seemed
1: vulnerability? like vulnerability. Maybe
0: it seemed like they were going away from the uh female protagonist on screen bearing, being very hot and sexy and she, they they made her Quirky, quirky, cool, more of, yeah. childish. I think more like a every person, the someone that most people can relate to, right? Yeah. yeah. It, it wasn't this super far-reaching character that is
1: very you know, grounded, very like exactly. genuine, and like she carries herself as herself, no one else.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And even yeah, and you see that throughout the whole movie. Yeah. Um, let me repeat that last line. She walks around the corner, taking a hit from her inhaler and trying to regain her composure, asking what room he took. He shares that it is 216. She comments, already knowing why. He expresses that he's been there since last night, sharing that 225 is taken, but everything else is open, reminding her that the second floor is only open because the third floor has already began. They comment about being only, uh, excuse me, they comment about there only being one guest and understanding why it is going out of business. Claire ponders on what room she wants, landing on 214. He throws her the keys. Wanting to take seven to seven shifts, she agrees, dinging the bell as she heads upstairs. Claire unlocks her room to 2.14, noticing the mother and her child coming out of 2.25. They glance at each other, the mother looking annoyed, before heading down the set of stairs. You know, I think it was so odd how... Aggro. This mother was right oh, yeah. from the jump, and it's like uh, later. She on,
1: obviously is having a terrible week.
0: Yeah, I guess. I guess it's also on theme for our, our theme this month. But it's like, I don't know. Like, it's like I get you're having a bad too day. Too aggressive. Yeah. Like, yeah, man. Yeah. Like people just
1: looking immediately when I because I this is my first time watch. When I saw that, I'm like, damn, what's her problem? Like, she hates you for no yeah, reason already. Yeah, and, uh, I
0: and think, she's
1: smiling at her too.
0: Yeah, I think that's the thing, right? And especially working in customer service, you really uh, can reflect on this moment. It's like you just. You're not causing any problems, but people are already so, like, aggressive towards you, and yes. it just sucks to see.
1: Like it, like we said earlier, it's perfect for this month.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Claire heads inside the room, plopping and groaning on the bed, kicking her shoes off before grabbing the remote to turn on the TV. Cuts to Claire coming back downstairs to Luke, checking in on another guest for room 224. Giving the woman extremely confusing directions on where the room is located. <laughs> Claire stares at the woman, watching her as she heads up the stairs with her belongings. She slaps Luke's arm, questioning if he knows who that is. He shakes his head. She excitedly shares that is Leanne Reese Jones. He still doesn't know who that is. Claire explaining that she has, that she was the mom from a show called Like Mother Like Son. Still not ringing a bell, she irritably mentions that she's super famous, wondering what she's doing there. He explains that she's guest speaking at a convention in Pottstown. Potsdown. That's hmm. I. I thought I misspoke on that, but no, it's Potsdown. All right. She wonders how he knows that. He answers the only. Le- he answers that Leanne told him. Um, excuse me. He answers that Leanne told him. Claire excitedly wonders if she told him anything else, but she didn't. He doesn't understand why she's acting all weird. Sliding the ledge, the ledger over, commenting on that being her autograph, wanting her to relax. She slides it off the counter, asking him about being grouchy. He claims not to be, just upset about something on his website. She goes to take a look at it, claiming that it looks good. Luke comments that he hates web design and she genuinely thinks it looks really good. I love the design of the website here. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it
1: reminds it, me of like the old websites that have like the paranormal stuff on Yeah, here. exactly. And yeah. that's,
0: and I'm sure that's what they were going for. It's very web 1.0, but uh, something about it was really nostalgic and like uh, just gathering that like data and just having it on a website be like, oh, look right. at all this evidence, right? Uh, super cool. I, I I like this moment a lot.
1: It's it funny because when I was first watching this, I'm like, "What period are we in? Are we like in modern times in yeah. 2012, or is it a little bit older?" Um, especially because of the decor of that hotel, it throws me off a little bit. Yeah, but that's all how old the computer is. I'm like, well, at least they have technology, so it could be 2012. I'm like, that's old, and the web design looks so old. Was well, the computer like, old? I
0: didn't notice. Uh,
1: well. Even like just the web look,
0: yeah, just seemed oh, like point. I'm 90s, yeah,
1: or like maybe older, but um, like Windows
0: 98 or something, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, but I was like, oh, maybe it is 2012 still, but yeah, um, it's very interesting.
0: Yeah I, yeah, I definitely kept going back and forth to wondering, like, when when is this movie taking place? Um, And then while I was watching, it, I looked up and saw that it was, uh, it came out in 2012, so I right. wondered the exact I just same probably thing.
1: assumed like it was probably 2012, yeah, but yeah, very interesting.
0: Um, adding that once they get proof on there, it won't matter what it looks like. They go to sit back down, Claire bringing up that nobody else is around when something creepy happens, thinking that they might have a chance of making some real content since the hotel is practically empty. Feeling that that they are going to catch something good, he smiles at her. She looks over at him, asking him what. They had a What repeat contest before the phone obnoxiously rings? He answers to Leanne, letting her know that he'll send up some towels for her. Claire is willing to get them. He appreciates it since the woman in 225 is driving him nuts. She, know who, she knows who he's talking about, wondering what her deal is. He explains that she had a fight with her husband and she's staying there until Sunday with her son as payback. Wanting him to know how hard life his life is without her. Claire wonders how he knows all that. Luke simply claims that she told him. He questions her about always seeming surprised. He questions her, excuse me, about always seeming uh, surprised when he speaks to the guests and for her to grab the towels. (laughs) Not before Claire can run out and hit the bell on the counter. It's funny they had this. I guess they never addressed it, but they had like this inside joke of them like running yeah. over and hitting the bell if they're about to leave.
1: It's like a cat and mouse game. It's like whoever can ring the bell without like them stopping a yeah. person. I guess it was like a back and forth with that. And I like that this movie does a really good job with exposition without throwing it like spoon fed to our, like us as the audience. Where uh-huh. even like the paranormal investigation stuff they talk about like, oh, did you fix the camera? No, but we can still do EVP. And we're filling in the blanks for ourselves. We're like, oh, I guess they do paranormal uh, investigations. And then we get the website and they go a little bit deeper. It's like, well, once we get proof, it'll like legitimize what they're doing. Yeah. So we're getting like what they're actually doing in bits rather than just like spoon fed, which is yeah. great. Uh Even like the relationship between them as friends, we kind of get this like uh, dynamic little by little. And it just shows, like, uh, they do have a really strong relationship with each other. Yeah, I was
0: going to bring that up. I yeah. think what's cool here is there's no, like, there's no drive for, like, uh, fame or fortune with this right. stuff. It seems like it's something they bond over. Right. And it, it comes out of just, like, the excitement yeah. of, like, having something to do together. Yeah. Um. And that's for what sure. I actually really Absolutely. like about this movie. Um. It's just... Yeah. You build a bond with coworkers, right? And even with stuff.
1: him, we kind of find out, like, he might not fully believe it and kind of like, just make stuff up to make fun, it like right? relatable for her. It's yeah. like, yeah, like I've seen it before. I've seen the ghost. Yeah. Now let's continue on doing this. Yeah. yeah. It's
0: cool stuff. Yeah. gets to Claire knocking on Leanne's door, letting her know that, um, that she has her, excuse me, letting her know that she has her towels. She enters the room unannounced while Leanne is in the shower. Claire's out to her. Claire calls out to her. Leanne asking her to hand her one of the towels. She does so, trying her best not to look at her lady bits. Leanne (laughs) thanks her. Claire is stunned as she says, you're welcome, waiting for Leanne to exit the bathroom. She does so with a towel wrapped around her body, correcting her to call her Lee. Asking her, asking for her, asking for her Claire's name. I think, I think Prince meant to say here, asking Claire for her name. Mm -hmm. Calling her a lifesaver as she pulls out a tip. Claire doesn't want to accept it, but Lee insists. She takes it, thanking her and awkwardly standing there to finally blurt out that she's a really big fan of hers. (laughs) Commenting about all the work that she's done and how much she loves her films. Lee smokes a cigarette, not really caring about what she has to say. Asking Claire what she does. She excitedly admits that she works at the front desk, explaining that this is their last weekend open. Luke and her being the last employees, sharing that they are sleeping there instead of going home. Lee corrects herself that she meant in Claire's life. Assuming she's an inspiring actress. Claire shamefully admits that she isn't. And she just works at the hotel. Based on Lee's luck reaction. She tries to beef it up a bit. That she's in between stuff. Still standing there in silence. Before she's about to leave out of the room. Lee calling her back to leave the towels. She turns back around to leave them. Apologizing before leaving out. Uh, I This moment. <laughs> made me feel icky. Uh, yeah
1: I didn't like it. It was um. It was intentionally awkward yeah very awkward uh it was like going so well because like oh what's your name like oh what do you do and stuff like that like it seems very friendly and then it's just like turns 180 and you're just like oh she's not very nice anymore she's not giving the tip anymore yeah it's (laughs) like it's
0: it's it's so interesting right because looking at that the shot is designed like you have lee there in her towel where she should be feeling vulnerable but you actually have claire that's feeling the most vulnerable here right and as if she's the one wearing the towel because great perspective, yeah. yeah.
1: That's literally what I thought. It's like um, the rules were kind of switched. She's like super confident. Exactly. And she's smoking her cigarettes. She don't care about yeah. anything. But yeah, she's the vulnerable
0: one. And it, and it sucks because like um, like Claire shouldn't feel ashamed. Um, if you're happy with what you're doing and it, it it gives you enough means to live the life that you want, you should be proud of it. And do you what you love and do it a lot. Exactly, that's all that matters. And life. you shouldn't have to worry about what other people think. But um, yeah. again, we can see here that Lee. I mean, excuse me. Uh, Claire is. Has a lot of youthful energy and yes. this exudes that even more.
1: And I think with um with that guest specifically is that she feels like a predator when she sees weakness, she kinda like
0: Yeah, it seems like she she builds up it. to that.
1: Yeah, it's like, oh, you're cool, you brought me my towels, you're awesome. It wasn't and so there it's like, at first. Oh, you're not that great. Yeah.
0: yeah. Claire plops on the couch in the lobby. Luke asking how it went, mocking if they're going to collaborate. She mentions that she made her feel like an asshole. He comments that she's an actress. Claire not understanding what that has to do with anything. Questioning what he knows about actresses. He claims to know a lot about a lot of things. She wonders why he has, has to be so negative, but he doesn't believe he is and just... But he doesn't believe he is and he that he's just a realist. She calls him a pessimist as she walks in the back. Luke getting another zing that pessimism is a higher form of optimism expecting nothing from people then you'll go through life pleasantly surprised she puts on her jacket and she can go out to get excuse me she puts on her jacket so she can go out and get some coffee asking if he wants anything but he's good claire takes another pump from her inhaler before heading inside a coffee shop the barista elizabeth greets her asking what she wants she can't decide elizabeth allowing her to take her time she scans the menu, questioning one of their menu items about a one-eyed cyclops. She asks Claire <laughs> that she means. Uh, she asks Claire what she means, but she ignores it, giving her order. Giving her order, Elizabeth makes it, asking how things are going next door. Claire bluntly claims that they are just fine. She shuts off the machine, wanting to speak frankly with Claire. Elizabeth starts sharing her personal life about her and her boyfriend, upsetting upset about him not saying that he loves her. Claire doesn't care. This scene is so weird, and I wonder if you have yeah. any thoughts so, on it. It's funny
1: because this movie in itself has so many random moments. It does, yeah. And maybe this is, maybe this is like too perfect for this month. Uh, maybe exactly, it is a right? social commentary about like customer service and I think like it is. getting unnecessary information, people who are maybe a little bit more intrusive. Um, It kind of goes back and forth, too. Like, she's also intrusive in the spirit world, too. It's like, hey, I'm trying to pull you out, and I'm trying to bother you a little bit, too. But it's, like, the other way around, too. I mean, this could be a whole movie about customer service in general. Yeah, I agree. Um, But, yeah, it's a very interesting take on, like, the reverse psychology of, like, the, the workers, the one that usually hears other people's, like stuff like say like at a barber shop, you're getting your haircut you're telling all your life's problems to your barber and stuff like that too yeah or like yeah well you're just getting coffee and you just gave your whole life story to the barista um so it's kind of weird that's like the other way around and even like the imagery too it's like they really zoom up on like the one-eyed cyclops and it's just a little picture and stuff like that i'm just like Huh, it's maybe just showing the different perspectives of like how people view things and some people view it wrong and some people view it correct. Yeah. So one eyed Cyclops color. might look perfect for the barista and the other person's like, that makes no sense. They're all <laughs> one eyed. Yeah. Um so it's just like maybe a tale of like perspectives.
0: Yeah, it's a really good and, point. I wonder if it's because it's worker to worker. It's yeah, like, yeah. I know you're also working class and like um you're someone that I could actually relate converse, to, you. converse yeah, with, like, while I I'm on the floor. Yeah, I thought
1: she was gonna like insult her. It's like I thought it be so frank? too. Yeah, um, your outfit looks awful, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I was expecting. But it's like the other way around, where yeah, she just like unloads on her with yeah. her personal life. So I'm like that's weird to have in this movie, but okay.
0: Again, very like just yeah. on point for our month, our monthly yeah. theme. Quick cut to Claire lying her head down on the table. Luke asking where her <laughs> coffee is. She lies that they ran out. He asks if that annoying girl is still there. This makes me
1: want to know how it ended. Does she just like walk out and leave with her still talking? Or like, <laughs>
0: yeah. She asks if he believes if he made the right choice when he dropped out of college. He admits that he does every day, but he doesn't <laughs> know why people have such high expectations. He looks Fair. over at her, sharing that everything happens for a reason. Nobody, en- nobody ending up at the Yankee peddler. She guesses, but about to share something on the topic. But he tells her to hold that thought, claiming that his eyes are burning and that he needs to go upstairs. She glares at him. He chuckles that he's beat and they can talk about her quarter-life crisis tomorrow. She wants him to leave his computer because it gets boring. He allows her to keep it, wanting her to be careful with it, adding that the recorder is charging in the back and if she gets the itch to record something. Explaining on what to do, she shooes him away because she knows how to do it. Again, also very childish. I, I at least that's my perspective. But um not childish. I don't want it to come off insulting, but it it just I think it she exudes a lot of youthful energy and that's very yeah. intentional. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like I, I wanna be a kid forever, you know? <laughs> He's yeah, walking. Me too. <laughs> yeah. No, but I get what you're saying, like yeah, she's very
1: um. I think it's just like very energetic and wears her emotions on her sleeve. Where yeah. like if she gets excited, she'll show her excitement. Yeah. Um, and maybe it's a little bit overload sometimes. Yeah. But I kept on like seeing some of my friends that like act this way sometimes. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we were on a phone call with someone when you first came here. Yeah. I was like, I- I- it kind of reminds me of her sometimes. Oh, that's funny. But she's just like, "Hey, what's up?" Like yeah. So like energetic a and fun. That's a really good point. Where it's, it's very- just like sometimes people are just
0: like energetic.
1: Very energetic and yeah. very
0: like extroverted. I don't
1: want to say bubbly, yeah, extroverted. Yeah. yeah, just in your face, like, oh, I hate that. I gotta go run right away now. Like, yeah. okay, that's cool though.
0: Uh, do, do yeah. they ever mention how old Claire is in this?
1: Well, he says quarter life crisis, which means probably around 25. 25 yeah, okay, I would assume. Interesting, so early 20s.
0: Yeah, maybe one of her first jobs, you know? Yeah, ah, <sighs> excuse me, I gotta find my spot. Mm. Leaving the computer behind. Leaving the computer. Okay, he's walking up the stairs, running back to try to hit the bell, but she moves. <laughs> but she moves it right in time. They say their goodnights, and he's off upstairs. Later that night, Claire has her head down on the front desk, lifting it back up to play some more solitaire. Enough of that. She goes on his browser, trying to remember the name of his site. She can't, so she checks his history, <laughs> checking out all the porn that he watches before making it to his site. Her facial reaction. <gasps> I know. <laughs> She scrolls through the sites, clicking on videos. Not the porn sites, his uh his spoopy site. Playing one of the playing one that is uh a door closing by itself. She continues, clicking on another one, but the link is under construction.
1: Did you uh, not that I did, but I was just like, we're, like, I'm watching the movie now so I can talk about it. Yeah. Seeing the names that you searched up are the funniest
0: thing. Yeah, I, I didn't pause it, but I um, glimpsed and tried to look at what it was. Because I didn't know it was porn at first. I'm like, is oh, that porn? It, it's, and then I was like, I saw some keywords where I'm like, oh, that's pornographic for sure.
1: There's one that's called Butt Crumpet's House of the Original. <laughs> uh Jolly Jumping Pussies. Oh. Um yeah, there's there's a lot of weird ones. The itty bitty titty council hot <laughs> Mills. the titty punch, popular one, popular it's
0: one. It's a good thing this isn't a family show, right? Is it? Yeah, who knows? no, no, no we'll ever know. We,
1: we should showed that it's R rating. We had some more. The boyon, boyon, boing- <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: After what, that one, there's no going what back.
1: What was that? Into the man? No. What what episode was that? Mm, this is what we Purple Crimson. It's not. Nice. Ah, uh, well. If you know, you know.
0: If you know, you know. She clicks somewhere else, finding the story about the, uh, the widow of the Yankee peddler, Madeline O'Malley. Curious, mm-hmm. she skims through her tragic and creepy story, slightly star- startled by something banging by the stairs. Trying to get a better glimpse, but without moving from her spot until another louder bang happens. She excitedly grabs the recorder, picking it up, pissed that she doesn't know how to, wor- uh, how to work it. Another bang happens. She decides to leave the recorder there so she can check it out. She slowly walks down the hall towards the noise, coming toward a door with a window on it, peeking through the window. She starts screaming when Luke calls out that he doesn't want to scare her, but he's standing right behind her. He apologizes that (laughs) that was a really funny moment.
1: This is basically the video that he showed her. Yeah,
0: exactly. So We're
1: waiting. We're waiting and waiting and jump scare. But it's like uh, funny. Jump scare. Exactly.
0: He apologizing as she yells that he scared the shit out of her and heads back toward the lobby. He wonders why she was over there. She yells (laughs) that she heard something as she takes a hit from her inhaler. Continuing that, (laughs) that trope is so funny to me. Continuing that she had heard a banging, he claims that he woke up and couldn't go back to sleep, willing to switch. With one more frustrated groan, she agrees and heads upstairs as Luke apologizes again before laughing at her continuous reaction. Next day, Claire is telling the boy that story of Madeline who died in the hotel by hanging herself after she being stood up on her wedding day. Mm. I was wondering, what is this girl doing telling this little boy this story? Oh my god, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it seems so unprovoked.
1: Inappropriate for sure. Yeah.
0: So I don't blame the mom in this case.
1: I mean, yeah, it's like something you're passionate about. You want to share your story, but like, why the little kid? It's like, yeah. that's the only audience that's there. So she yeah. has to be like, hey, let's talk about stuff
0: again I I think she sees herself as this like youthful maybe almost child still because like if she's I I feel like if she's like kind of giving this this little boy a creepy scary story like Right. I feel like it almost feels like she doesn't see herself as an adult in this situation. Yeah, but I don't know if there's any meaning behind that. In I this do case. like
1: that the movie is broken up in chapters.
0: Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, I I guess I should uh, actually say that it's chapter two, Madeline O'Malley.
1: Yeah. Uh, the nice thing is like there's like little small title sequences that will give like chapter one, chapter two, yeah. chapter three, and the epilogue. Um, so it kind of plays out like. A story being told, like maybe a campfire Mm -hmm. of like what's really happening at the innkeepers.
0: And then just for those that want to know, chapter one was the long weekend and we had just ended that. And now we're starting chapter two. And like I said earlier, chapter two is Madeline O'Malley. She turns on a flashlight pointing to, uh, pointing it underneath her face, continuing the tale. (laughs) The original owners hid her body in the wood cellar for three days before they could smuggle her out in the loading bay. And when the people found out what happened, they were outraged. Causing the owners to be forced to sell it. But nobody... Um, excuse me. There was a call coming in <laughs> from the, the Mac we're using. yeah,
1: <laughs> From the beyond.
0: So let me uh, find out again. again. Um, and ever since then... Um, excuse me. Causing the owners to be forced to sell it. But nobody came there until the, the 60s. And ever since then, people have reported seeing the ghost of Madeline roaming the hallways. Some say that she's looking to take up a new one. The boy's mother walks down the stairs, calling out Claire, asking her what she's doing. He runs to his mother, loosely spilling the beans on what Claire told him, I <laughs> think that she said it was coming to get him.
1: Yeah, she, it's like, what's going on? She said there's a ghost in the hotel. She said it's coming to get and me. And she's like, I never said <laughs> like, that. Damn, I was like,
0: well, I like what do you expect that. when you're telling a kid, right? Right. Um, excuse us for the, the ringing that's happening. We're using, uh, Prince's login for the notes. So it's ringing if he's getting calls since he's not here. (laughs) So I'm going to see if I can put it on. Do not disturb for the time being. All right. Um, she stammers that she never, uh, said that, but the mother commented that he's just a child trying her best to calm down. Um, and that it's just a story looking back at Claire. Letting her know that she doesn't need to, she doesn't need this, and that she has enough going on in her life. She responds with "Yes, ma'am," and I was really surprised again, like yeah. this, this youthful energy, where it almost feels like she's not like an adult, like these other adults that she's interacting with. Sure, yeah. The mother looks over at Luke, yelling that they still need towels, and she's tired of asking. I think it's so funny that everyone's like, "Yo, bro, where's, where's my towels?" towels? <laughs> uh, it just keeps going. He nods his head. She reminds him what on what room they're in. He irritably responds that he knows what room she's in, adding that he works in the hotel while going back to ignoring her. It's really <laughs> funny. She takes her son and leaves out of the hotel. Claire and Luke high-fives um, as she goes, sits next to him. Cut to them opening up their sandwiches to eat lunch together in the dining hall. Claire wonders why Madeline sticks around. Luke, thinking that she... She's talking about the mom and her son, but she corrects him, wondering what he thinks she wants. He doesn't know, not spending his time on what women want. <laughs> she, <laughs> she asked what did she look like when he saw her, wondering if she was all dead looking.
1: I think the bread conversation was very important. You think so? How dare Prince not put that in there. <laughs> More of the story. Never skimp out on cheap bread. Yeah. You always get the good bread. Yeah. Because it makes your sandwiches I, taste better. Oh,
0: I love bread. <laughs> I could eat just bread. Yeah. He pawns it off that you really you don't really remember the details when you have a physical encounter. Finding it mm-hmm. weird thinking that you would you would, but it was there one minute and then gone the next. Thinking that you wouldn't have just thinking that you would have just had to have been there. Claire comments about being jealous, thinking that she would have probably freaked out if she saw her, not believing that he didn't have his camera with him. He agrees, it killing him, asking if she would want to record tonight. She's in, wanting to find some proof that Metal Linux six before it closes down. Imagine how she feels being stuck there forever, needing to get it on tape. You know what I like about um, these two? Um, Mm -hmm. You know, later on, um, we kind of have a moment where he confesses his feelings to Claire. Yeah. But even in retrospect, looking at these moments, it doesn't really seem like, oh, I'm trying to find an opportunity for a romantic encounter to happen between right, he's us. He's just
1: letting things go. Yeah. He is friendly towards her. He's friendly, and, yeah. yeah. And it's not in a There's creepy boundaries. way. There's boundaries. Exactly. There yeah. are
0: boundaries. Uh, excuse me. I lost my place again. Imagine how she feels being stuck there forever needing to get it on tape. Cuts to Claire, grunting as she cautiously takes out the trash, taking a break to catch her breath, trying to muster the strength to show it in the, shove it in the bin. After multiple failed attempts, she gets it stuck on the lid, it spilling out of, of the bag. She pushes it in, whipping her hands on her clo- wiping her hands on her clothes, turning around and noticing Lee staring down at her from the room's window. What do you think about this? Why was she doing that?
1: I don't know.
0: Yeah, I couldn't really come up with anything of why Lee was, like, creeping.
1: (laughs) I think... I do think she is... Because with the shot, too, she's kind of, like, looking down on her. Yeah. So I feel like she does look down on her. Yeah. Like, look at this girl. She doesn't really know where she's going in life. And, look, she can't even get a garbage bag into, like, (laughs) the... um, it was pretty funny to watch. it was great and that's the thing when like um i think i think you might like this movie more re-watching it knowing exactly what it is
0: probably yeah because
1: i feel like this movie is a lot funnier than it really shows and i think because we do a horror movie podcast and going into blind with these movies we yeah. have this a certain expectation of like i'm here to get scared and nothing yeah. more um this movie is really funny
0: yeah, I think, I, think um, surprisingly. Uh, I, I started questioning if it was trying to be funny or not, but I didn't get that clarity. And
1: the thing about this type of comedy too with what Ty West is doing, it's like not slapstick funny. Yeah, It's like timing funny, where it's like the accent itself is funny and it just stays on that scene where she just keeps trying over and yeah. over in different methods. And then like they have to do it right where like – she got it right where she got it stuck and have it like start dripping down. I'm sure that was planned, so like they put a lot of time and effort into these comedic elements or like funny moments, even like the stuff we talked about like the barista scene yeah, like they're just moments that are planned out or put out on the script for a reason uh it's just a different type of movie, which I think is why I really liked it because it was different
0: that was, that's a good point yeah. yeah it it did it seemed like a movie that um. Not a PG thirteen movie. I, I want to make it very clear that I'm not trying to say that, but it seemed like a movie oh, I you think can it looked show. Like PG
1: thirteen movie. I questioned it until I saw the third act.
0: Yeah. Well, I was gonna say it's just a, it feels like a a good movie for maybe young teens or preteens that are interested in more. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
1: And I think that that's also the point too, yeah. which is yeah.
0: She says hi to Lee, who ignores her and smokes her cigarette, leaving out from view. As Claire is walking back inside, she hears more banging coming from the garage. She cautiously approaches it, placing her ear to the door door before opening it. The banging continues. She slowly enters the dark garage towards the cellar door. Leaning down to open the door, she's startled by a bird flying out of the cellar, screaming and and causing herself to have an asthma attack. She hits her inhaler, trying to catch her breath before taking a peek down there. Wondering how the bird got in there, she closes the door, chaining it back up and locking it before leaving out. You know, it's really interesting that I wondered what the point of that scene was. Mm-hmm. And it just dawned on me that uh, it she... all connects
1: back to that. She was the main reason why she
0: got her own demise. Yeah, she couldn't escape. She, she barred her own exit. Damn.
1: Yeah, it
0: sucks, but... It does. Back inside the hotel, she calls Luke, wanting to tell him what happened to her. But he's not in the lobby. She calls out to him before hearing the toilet flush from the bathroom. She tells him, never mind, and he's ready to go, to go to bed. Telling her not to forget to record, leaving a list for her on the desk. She tells him to enjoy his porn while chuckling and moving to her <laughs> post. <laughs> Later that night, Claire is recording an EVP inside the laundry room, holding out the mic as she waits for something abnormal to appear inside her headphones. Many different mechanical sounds flutter ears as she moves the microphone from side to side. She turns the dial, trying to hone the noise and remove some static, speaking into the mic that she keeps, she's skipping this one because there is nothing in there. She moves to the banquet room, announcing it in the mic, trying to speak to Madeline, asking for her to give them a sign. She points the mic in an area that's receiving low hums and rattles from the surrounding area. Nothing seemingly paranormal to her as the static intensifies. Upset that Luke didn't set up the recorder, she messes with it. Catching a distinct moaning cry around her. She hears a piano playing. She moves the mic to the left of her to get a better sense of it playing. Taking off her headphones to make sure that it, is, it wasn't happening outside of the headphones. It's silent until she puts them back on. The piano continues playing. Claire getting up to move toward the sound. It, became, it becomes louder. She moves out into the hallway as the piano is playing louder and louder. The closer and closer she gets making it to the lobby where the piano is located, the tune stopping when she enters the room. She approaches the piano, the humming continuing, as she hears this distorted cries again. Everything seems to quiet down as she stands right in front of the piano, staring at the keys. Two keys slam down on the piano, causing Claire to run upstairs banging on Luke's door. This is a good moment.
1: This is a great sequence in general. Yeah, I, I think agree. the camera work and the, uh, the tension and the suspense work really, really well. Um, it's gorgeous to look at in the filmmaker standpoint too, how like the camera kind of like moves behind her with her or the camera kind of moves forward ahead of her. Um, there's a lot of great camera movement in general in this, uh, full sequence of her like listening. Um, and this is, this is the only like downside, like we talked about, we're 40 minutes in our film and we've got our first paranormal. Exactly. Yeah. Like activity. It takes a little too long. But at the same time, it's was like, okay, like I'm in. Like I see you doing like a three act structure and then having an epilogue, so it kind of makes sense to have like the first act all character development, second act kind of introduce it, third act survive. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, I think the whole sequence here is probably the strongest. And there's other. There's one more scene which is my favorite, which we'll talk about. Um. But this is like one of my favorite scenes for sure.
0: I really like how they visualize uh, how sound is translated here, right on yeah. screen. Because uh, oh yeah,
1: sound design's great. Yeah, earl- earlier and then put them back on. Yeah, earlier great. in the
0: movie when uh, she was shown the the prank, right? The prank. Oh video. yeah, it's like
1: muffled, and you can hear like yeah. him talking, but yeah. we hear her perspective of him talking exactly with headphones on. I was like, damn,
0: this is good. I yeah. love that. Yeah, so yeah, we yeah. get introduced Could to collab. that. In that moment, right? And so here, we're able to understand that we hear what she hears in the headphones. So it works out perfectly when she takes off the headphones and... stops. It just stops. It's silent. There's no static that you... you Which is creepy, which is great. Yeah, Yeah. you could even wonder if it's coming from your TV or your environment. But clearly here, the piano stop. And when she puts the headphone back in, it continues. I think that is really well done because there's a visual representation of that as well. Right. So...
1: I think this movie works really well, and I love that I had captions on for this movie. Yeah, me too. Because there's a lot of small sounds where you can't really hear it, but once you read it, you're like, oh, that's creepy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: She bangs on his door until he wakes up. He opens the door upset because he has two hours before their switch. She tells him that he has to listen to what she caught, the piano playing and thinking that it was Madeline. He argues that he'll be down at 7, willing to listen to it then, but she's scared, putting her hand on the door for him to not close the door on her. He allows her to come inside, walking over to put something around his waist. She gets one look at him in his tidy whiteys, and she's good, not needing to come inside. He sits down in the dark, asking if she's sure. She admits that she was freaked out, but she's good now. He's good with that. Reminding her that he'll be down in a few hours. This scene is a little weird. So again, uh, this youthfulness coming from her. Almost this... uh... I don't know if it's innocence or not wanting to uh, lean in towards being more adult, but I think she, she realizes the situation that can, that can arise from this because like, you yeah, know, yeah. He's, this
1: is where like the boundaries for her, it's like, I'm, um, I'm good. Yeah. She puts the boundary for herself. She's like, I don't want to be in the situation of going into this guy's room in his tiny whiteies Exactly. I'd rather not be there. I'd rather be with the ghost. Yeah. I'm like, I'm down. I'd rather go to the right? paranormal stuff. Um, yeah. Um, The light in here suggests that something was going to happen to him or something like that too because he's like in the shadows and the camera's like over over the shoulder for her and you just see darkness in his room and it just stays there. And I thought something was going to pop out and grab him or something, but that moment never came too.
0: That's fascinating Um, because I think we have different perspectives on that. I think uh, the darkness on um – on him invokes that she's more scared of him in that moment oh yeah
1: yeah totally too yeah, yeah no that's a good perspective yeah
0: so and, agree with it, that too. and And we and so far we've seen he, he's a decent dude he's he's friendly they're friends uh but in that moment something i think it invokes that something kind of felt wrong and she right. she needed to follow her gut which she did which she ended up doing but i think the the lack of light on him very I much represents that. that yeah yeah, yeah.
1: And she is, she is more afraid to be in that room. Than yeah, because think about it, she was, guess. she
0: was terrified, banging on his door nonstop. And, and then she when she
1: saw he, the tiny ones. I'm like, I'm good. Yeah, like <laughs> it was just my imagination. Yeah.
0: She walks down the hallway back to the lobby. Lee outside her door asking her to keep it down. Claire frustratedly, frustrated, excuse me, frustratedly holds her head. Lee wondering if she has to, uh, has to ask her again. She gives Lee a little piece of her mind, telling her to back off. Bringing up that she has asked her, bringing up that she asked her what she does the other day, sharing that she just recorded unexplained phenomenon, sharing that there is a ghost in the hotel and it's a big deal that she got it on tape and for her to leave her alone. She turns around, not walking away. Lee demands her to come with her for a moment as she walks back into her room. Claire timidly follows her into her room. Inside her room, she tells Claire to sit, pouring her a drink. I didn't think she was going to take a take a, any of the drink. I thought we were going to see more of that. Yeah, it's like, oh, no, I'm good. I don't like drinking. You kind
1: of do because she takes it. Yeah. Kind of like,
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it got yeah. me. So, she's
1: never had alcohol before.
0: Exactly.
1: Oh. oh, That's what I took I'm like, oh, you've not known what this tastes like, huh?
0: I wonder. I wonder if it's never before or it's just like, oh, I, I don't really. I've drank once or twice, you know? Yeah. They both take a shot. Claire not able to handle the taste and Lee asking if she's all right. She claims to be. Lee wanted to know what she saw. Claire's about to explain, but Lee interrupts to apologize for yesterday, knowing that she has a tendency to not be a nice person.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Not, not wanting Claire to take it personally, Claire is silent, Lee adding that she doesn't apologize more than once. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's Alright,
1: You got my apology. I don't say it twice. I know, it's
0: still very stuck up. Letting her know that she can help her look for whatever it is that she's looking for. Claire doesn't understand. Lee pulls out a sack from the drawer. Taking out a crystal pendulum, asking Claire if she knows what it is. She explains that it used to answer life's difficult questions.
2: <clears throat>
0: she then wonders if Claire knows why she is there. Claire answers that she's speaking she's speaking at an acting convention in Potstown. Lee denies with a smile, correcting that she's there as a guest at a healer's gathering. That being what she does now, that being her true calling, continuing that everything continuing that everything in world is connected. It being all based on their perception and their willingness to communicate. Asking if she would like to communicate to Madeline, she could help her do she could help her do that, but she needs to know what she wants from her. Claire stammers that she doesn't know, wondering if they are real, calling them ghosts. Lee corrects her, calling them spirits. Adding them adding that there is no real in this world, it being a state of being. You know, she said that and I was like but like things are tangible, girl. Like, there are some <laughs> yeah. things that it's like I can see, touch, and feel right. this, but I guess you know, yeah, I guess that doesn't work because air, right? Then
1: it's like what, multiple gravity, multi dimensional beings, I guess. Yeah, we just have different, I don't know. Yeah,
0: I guess I see what she's saying. Um, <laughs> uh, but I'm, I'm, she, I'm sure she's, she's speaking in more spiritual terms, right? No beginnings, no ends, no ghosts, them all being each divine beings that incorporate one energy in the universe, comparing it to a droplet of water in a vast ocean. She wants Claire to ignore what her conscious mind tells her and for her to open herself up. Lee pulls down on the pendulum, closing her eyes, asking Claire what it is that she wants from spirits. Claire wants to know if it was Madeline that was playing the piano downstairs and if she really is the spirit living in the hotel. Lee continues having her eyes closed shaking her head wanting claire to ask again ask again wanting her to close her eyes and really concentrate telling her again to open herself and to directly ask the question claire shuts her eyes asking madeline if her spirit if she died in the hotel excuse me let me reread that line claire shuts her eyes asking madeline if it is her spirit if she died in the hotel and what that her and was that her playing the piano The pendulum swings. She opens her eyes, shocking that it is moving. Lee sharing that they won't say who they are. Claire doesn't understand what she means by they. Lee confirms that there were three of them. Claire wonders what they want. Lee answers that they want the same thing that she wants, to live. You know, when she said this line, I actually was wondering if we were we're talking about uh, humans that have passed on and are now spirits, or are we talking about demonic entities that are... Trying to take souls to exchange the ability of or stealing souls so they could live. I, what right. did you think when you he heard this? Did you think anything?
1: Um, I I was kind of fascinated that she said there were three of them. Yeah, and we don't really get context later on of like more information about what those three ghosts or sorry beans are. Mm-hmm. Um, because we really only get two. Yeah. technically, but one wasn't even there prior
0: yeah so, so i
1: am just like where's the other two and then why is there three and was just like confused with that um but yeah it, it was very interesting to see this scene in general even like and that's the thing about this movie sometimes it's like too subtle where like even like the movement of the crystal is like so tiny i'm like i can maybe see you just like flexing your fingers to make it move back and forth and you're just yeah. telling the story yeah um we never really know because does she say anything that's accurate
0: you know, it's that's like
1: validated later.
0: It's interesting because, yeah, you bring up a really good point where, like, we don't really see the three that she's speaking on, right? Because right. later on, we get something else. But that's, and that's later on. That's where the on.
1: things like, where my mind kind of went was a ghost ship, <laughs> 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 where it's like, oh, maybe it's like these ghosts who are so troubled, or they maybe passed away around that area where led her to hang herself. So maybe, um, Madeline was the true victim and maybe that they are collecting souls in some way. Um, but I felt like maybe they're using Madeline's story to attract other people to maybe die at the hotel. Yeah. Maybe, Um, maybe that kind of gets a little bit like not validated, but like it supported my claim when the other gentleman came in
0: Yeah,
1: and it sounds like his wife passed. At that hotel as well,
0: I had um, thought his wife was Madeline. Oh, yeah, ma- yeah. And I thought they that sh- she died on their honeymoon. I don't know. And oh. I thought he came at first. I thought oh, he was a ghost.
1: It was supposed to be their honeymoon, but yeah. like he didn't go to the wedding.
0: Oh, did he not? Did or we- no,
1: because she hung herself, right?
0: Yeah, I don't because know. She got stood up. I don't. Oh, I don't remember if she got stood up or not. I probably should know that, but I assume that maybe he did something to her. Or- and it was a murder or something, but it, it seems like cause I thought he was a ghost when he arrived, or jumping ahead a little bit, but um, you know, it seems like ultimately he's alive. And he takes his life for his spirit to be with her spirit trapped in that hotel.
1: Wow. I can see that. Yeah. yeah.
0: So let's find out. Lee continues that they were terrible uh, there were there was a terrible tragedy in the hotel, a mistake happening inside the basement. Claire smiles as she explains that it is Madeline because that's where they hid her body. Lee shakes her head, letting her know that she must not go down in the basement. Claire questions her, warning if her spirit is trapped in there. With heavy breaths, Lee shakes her head that she can't be saved. Them trying to help and warn her. Claire doesn't understand who they are, wondering what they want. Lee snaps out of it, opening her eyes, showing that she lost contact. The hotel is still in the evening hours. A sign of the front desk. Be back at 7 a.m. XOXO. Staff. <laughs> Cut to Claire taking a shower. She turns it off, moving the shower curtain to reveal that there aren't any towels. Fucking Luke. No towels. <laughs> she calls out to Luke for not doing his job. She gets in bed, taking a pump from her inhaler before shutting off the light. Turning over in her bed to go to sleep, but she's having a hard time getting comfortable. Turn over to her back and sigh again before sitting up. Rubbing her eyes, not noticing that the sheet is rising up next to her. The sheet falls down to reveal Madeline as a bloody ghoul with a loud moan. She runs out of her bed. It now being day, she hilariously screams for, from her alarm clock <laughs> sounding at 118 p.m. <laughs> Running downstairs into the lobby, calling for Luke, the mother and her child standing at the front desk, covering her son's eyes as she stands there with no pants on. She tries to cover herself. The mom having enough, letting her son know that they're going back to his dad's. They walk out, Claire (laughs) slightly itching away as she, oh, slightly inching away as she continues covering herself up. Uh, You know, it kind of, Claire kind of did. a
1: lot happening. (laughs) Yeah,
0: this mom and uh, son a favor by getting them out, right? Because they think they do leave after this, right? Yeah, yeah. All right. That's it's,
1: good. It, it's weird because like the only reason why they're there is because yeah, she got in the fight with her husband. Yeah. So she's like, I'm taking the kid for the weekend, and it's like, you know what? We're better off with your father. Let's go <laughs> back. <laughs> it's like I hate this place that much. Um. But, but yeah, I feel like the the scare was good yeah. with like the the scene, but it's immediately interrupted by the comedy again. Yeah. And I, like I said look, earlier on, it's like exactly like the video that's shown to her it's like you get the scare and then you get the comedy immediately after and it's like a pattern with this movie it constantly does that um it doesn't want to it, or take itself too seriously right yeah and i think it works with that because even like uh, we think about her taking out the trash we get the comedy before the scare
2: yeah
1: um so it kind of like flips the switch and it keeps us guessing if one of that scare is actually going to happen or not um where that's why i said like this movie is really good with the tension and suspense building but there's not enough payoff earlier on and again i uh, just talk about that scene that she just had right now. We're about 50 minutes in now. And now we're already jumping to chapter three.
0: Yeah. After. I think the scare is a good scare, but like short lived. It is short lived. They could have lingered on it more. They could have built on this moment more, but also built more after it. Yeah. And they kind of don't take advantage of that. Uh, Cause to me, I think this is like uh, the, probably the best scare of the movie in okay. my opinion I know that others might not really care for it all that much but in, in my opinion it is um, but I think it just depends on what your taste lies in but uh, yeah. I like this moment I was, I, I really thought it w- we, things were going to start to amp up from here but then I was very surprised to see the next scene that happened after it. like you mentioned the, the comedic scene of her being at the front desk during the day in, with no pants <laughs> on and it's like Whoa. it takes away
1: the fact of what just happened
0: exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. I will not focus on that anymore but good point
1: yeah, she could have come down like maybe in pajamas and just been like hey i'm really scared and the parent i mean the the mom could still leave with the child's like i can't take this anymore you guys are too loud you guys are goofing off but her being pantless and being so like exposed yeah kind of like takes away like
0: "Uh, i think it would have worked better if this actually did happen in the middle of the night and she runs out and it's still the middle of the night or like the the early mornings but it's still dark out right but
1: It does the thing, it switches from nighttime for her getting scared to it's daytime, so it makes it look like the scare is just a dream, too.
0: Yeah, good point, good point. Chapter 3, A Final Guest. Hmm. Luke pours Claire a cup of coffee, not wanting her to be upset about what happened to the mother and child. Wanting her to pull it together, claimed that it happened to him when he first started. Can Can I shout
1: out too? When they're pouring coffee, it's Uh a mug that says somebody has a case of the Mondays. This (laughs) is perfect for this month.
0: Yeah, honestly. That's your typical, like, I hate Mondays uh, propaganda right there. (laughs) Needing to pay attention to what's going on in your mind, thinking that you're seeing things and it won't ever stop. She answers fine, but wonders about the piano and everything Lee said. He listens to the piano tape. Thinking that it could be either, it could either be or not be explainable, but it isn't worth getting worked up over. Calling Lee a phony because a lot of people fabricate, Lee just trying to stay relevant, calling it pathetic. She, she asks him if he wants to try to figure out what's going on there, not understanding why he isn't more intrigued by this. The possibility being Madeline trying to make contact, but he doesn't seem to care, wondering if, if this is supposed to be his thing. He's about to respond, but the conversation is interrupted by the front desk bell dinging. Him swearing about the woman coming back before heading out there. We stay with Claire, taking a pump from her inhaler as he helps a man waiting, um, wanting a room for the night. Luke is willing to set him up, but the man wants room 353. He explains that particular room isn't available and they only have rooms on the second floor. The man empathetically says that he wants that specific room, pleading for him to give it. Claire is intrigued by the conversation, getting up to look at the man. She stands by the back door as the man claims that this is important to him, and he came a long way. She speaks up that all the rooms on that floor have been stripped, asking if he doesn't mind bringing his own sheets and not not sleeping on furniture. They can help him. Without taking his eyes off her, he answers that being fine. Luke asks for a credit card so they can get um, get the process started. The man reaches in his wallet, not taking his eyes off Claire, mentioning that he'll pay cash. Luke tries to explain the reason why they need a credit card, but the man hands him a wad of cash, asking him to take this. That's good enough for now, wanting uh, wanting the uncomfortable encounter to conclude. <laughs> Claire points to where he can get some sheets. You know, it's very interesting in this, uh, in this moment, um, I thought he was a ghost at this point, and I part of me still I think a
1: part of me is still he was a thinks, ghost too. I
0: kind of still think that because it seems like I mean he has to be right because what happens after this, but it almost feels like Claire somehow opened a door, and he's knocking on the door, and he needs her permission to get in, right? And I think that's why he's so locked on her. Um, and when she says like you can stay. Um he's it's
1: very monotone too. His yeah. voice is like, that's okay. Yeah, he's that's granted okay.
0: an entry after she says, like, if you're willing, you can stay. So um maybe maybe he is, maybe he's not. I, I really don't know. They go to the linen room, the man finding it kind for hel- her helping him. She didn't mind at all, not wanting to stop someone who wants a certain room. She bends over to grab the set of sheets, coming back up to find the man no longer there. She calls out to him, searching for the man and finding him to uh finding him in the hall. He thanks her, sharing that 353 is where he spent his honeymoon it being special to him. Okay, so does he like teleport or is he just down literally no, just... just great camera angle. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah.
1: okay right when she gets up, she stays there for like maybe like five seconds, which is enough for him just to step
0: to the side. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. That's what I mentioned earlier when I was like, especially what happens next. But um, I didn't realize how he was just around the corner. But it plays with the idea, right, of you wondering right?
1: Yeah. No. If it, he is a ghost. And that's or the not. thing. I think this movie just fucks with us. It does. Yeah. I, I think this is a movie that just is a practical joke. Like I said, like is, it, the director is showing us that first video over and over again with different scenes.
0: Exactly. He's getting us. He thinks her sharing that 353 is where he spent his honeymoon. It being special to him, finding this finding this place as home, almost feeling like you've never left. Asking her if she Mm. feels the same. Oh, yeah. again. That
1: conversation, I was like, you you dead.
0: Yeah. It's
1: like, you've never left, huh?
0: She doesn't know, wanting to get him upstairs. He follows her. As they head upstairs, she explains that the owner was too cheap to hire real movers, so all the beds are still there. Adding that the room may not have the same charm, but he won't at least be sleeping on the floor. He finds that it'd be alright. Him being there just for one last bit of nostalgia. They make it to the room. Claire unlocking the door and holding it open open for him he enters as, inside asking if he changes his mind and wants to excuse me he enters inside asking if he changes his mind and wants to be moved to a room with the TV to let her know He finds it to be unnecessary that being this being what he came here for he scans the room before grabbing the set of sheets and keys banging her and closing the door in her face. She doesn't get to complete her sentence as the door slams shut. Get to Claire and Luke drinking beers at the front desk, they cheers as he wants her to get drunk for him since he she's forcing him to stay up with her. He asks how she's feeling, she believes that she's better. He tells her to continue drinking, it always helping. Lee comes back to this, comes back from the seminar, Claire getting her, Claire greeting her and asking about it. It was good, and she thanks her, asking how they are doing. Luke offers her a beer, she decides to get it. He's shocked blurring out that he heard that she was a huge drinker. Offended, but not trying to come off too strong, she chops it up to them all having their moments. He asks her how it all works. She doesn't understand. He asks about being psychic. She asks if he's ever been somewhere new and swore that he's been there before. Clara answers that it's similar to deja vu, Lee agreeing, explaining that if they ever experience that, that they have the same ability that she has. Continuing that they all do, but sometimes hers happens in another direction. Being able to experience certain emotion before they happen, it not always being clear when or where they came from, so she has to be careful in what she chooses to share. He chuckles as he acknowledges. Leaves over the berating, of, Leads over the berating of questions, and is turning in for the evening. Claire shouting that she will come find her tomorrow before she leaves. So this is interesting, right? Like I, I wonder if she really is psychic if she she can sense things that are here i mean because we don't really have consistency or validation like you mentioned earlier she said there's three people here Mm -hmm. but clearly this place has rumors of housing a ghost right so she can just kind of be relying on that
1: i don't know why i thought for the longest time in the first part of this movie that she was like a paranormal investigator herself oh really like a researcher And then that she's there to, like, discover what really happened. Oh, yeah, Um, that would have been cool. But now she's just here for, like, uh, like, what was it? The community healer? The healer uh, convention. Yeah. Um, just like, all right, that's cool.
0: So after experiencing this scene and hearing what she has to say, it almost feels like she maybe had a vision of what would happen to Claire. And for some reason, it feels like she needs to lead Claire on that path. But possibly I, yeah, I, yeah. I don't see any I can see that. reasoning for that. Like I don't see any drive for that. I don't know if we get that. So I don't know how if that theory actually falls flat or not. Yeah. Luke continues drinking his beer as she sighs. He raises his voice for her to not let the spirits keep her up all night. Claire comments that he didn't uh that he didn't have to say that, being mean. He reminds her that Lee made her feel like an asshole and everyone needs a taste of their own medicine once in a while. He offers her another beer and she accepts it. Link is drinking while performing an EVP session asking Claire if she's ready. She is. He speaks in the microphone that this Claire's haunted excuse me. He speaks in the microphone that this Claire's haunted reenactment. Not sure how. Maybe there is a typo there.
1: Oh, yeah, I got you. Um, so he clicks the recorder on, and he says, "This is Claire's haunted
0: reenactment." Oh, thank you, thank you, thank so you.
1: So it's they're replaying what she went through.
0: Okay. Yeah. Now taking it serious, calling the place the Yankee pedophile. <laughs> he. <laughs> I, was I was like,
1: eh, yeah, I don't like that.
0: <laughs> he points the microphone towards the lobby, hearing the piano playing and questioning it. He moves in closer. The piano not currently playing as he approaches it. He fakes as if he's shocked that it was, it was potentially playing by itself. Still fucking around that it must be Madeline trying to tell him something to man in the spirit to show itself, repeating, repeating it in a mocking yell. He points the microphone out. Claire mimicking ghastly moans as she stands up with a bed sheet over her head. The moans get louder until she falls down. Cuts to Claire drawing a crude picture of Madeline showing Luke so they can laugh at it. Then asking him if he thinks she's prettier than she is. He comments that she is a little homely for his taste, thinking that Claire is much prettier. She finds that nice she finds that nice of him to say, thinking thanking him that she put the pad down and drinks some more. He continues that he thinks that she is one of the prettiest girls he knows. She lies down on the floor, mockingly asking who the others are. It's his mom, sister, and the woman that works at Dairy Queen. (laughs) <laughs> she questions. She questions if it is the woman with a lazy eye. He jokes that he finds lazy laziness very attractive. She laughs. <laughs> um, he comments that he really likes her. She shares the same sentiment. He continues that she's the coolest person to him, feeling like they mesh. Going on, going on about the things that he loves about her and how she likes his endeavors. And how she likes his endeavors, she questions if she's she's going. She questions even if she's going a bit crazy. But he doesn't think uh, that calling her great, admitting that he would do anything for her, repeating mm-hmm. that he likes her so much. She sits up and asks, "Oh, excuse me." She sits up that she sits up that she ex, she sits up and that she has an idea. He sits up, adding that he has one too. We're <laughs> doing what? what yeah, hey, different page. <laughs> yeah, so it is again. Uh, you know, so it's her in
1: a sense being drunk like, oh, I have weird thoughts. Yeah, let's go do this. Yeah, and him's let's like, play right. Oh, uh, drunk thoughts is super feelings. Yeah, we just like, oh, now that I'm a little more tipsy, I'm like, I'm gonna tell you my true emotions with you and feelings, and you're just like, uh, she's not seeing it that way, bud. <laughs> it's funny <laughs> that's because okay. yeah,
0: there's a lot of comedy in this in this one, and and. And that youthfulness is here, right? Where she's not really getting what he's like trying to pitch here. Oh,
1: yeah, you think I'm a cool friend. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Uh, But I think it's funny. I think that she's just, she's so ignorant to it, but it's very playful. She's like, let's, let's, let's do this. Almost like, let's play, right? And he's (laughs) kind of like, what? I have an idea. Yeah. You too. But your
1: (laughs) idea is way different. Yeah.
0: She runs over behind the desk, opening up the drawer and rummaging through it. She takes out a flashlight, shining it underneath her face, wanting to go to the basement to find out what Madeline's problem is. Luke's smile fades as he reluctantly agrees. (laughs) Oh, poor guy. (laughs) They begin heading down the dark basement, slowly slowly creaking open, slowly creakily opening the door. Claire stands at the top of the stairs, holding the flashlights to poorly illuminate the bottom of the steps. She takes a pull, up, she, excuse me. She takes a puff of her inhaler, trying to turn on the light, just to have it immediately blow out. Luke commenting about it being a good omen. She whispers for him to turn on the turn the recorder on. He does so as she begins trekking down the stairs. He he's following closely behind her. They search around the dark basement. Claire tripping on something startling Luke. She mentions that she tripped as he gets startled from running into a spider web. She tells him that it is all right and to continue following her. They turn the corner. Claire worried about about them getting lost. He stops her because he hears something, finding all the static weird. She comments that uh, that happened to her the other night. He chops it up to being a bad cable. They continue down the corridors, heading towards a door, at the end of the hallway, they push it open. She mentions that uh, that this is where they hid Madeline's body. They sit down in the middle of the room. She asks Luke if he's ready. She calls out that they wish to speak with Madeline, wanting her to give them a sign. They survey the room, Claire offering her to make a noise, asking why Madeline stays there and her spirit never rests. Luke hears something, calling out a whoa, holding a finger up at Claire. She calls out to Madeline to give them a sign again. The room has slight gust of wind. Has a slight gust of wind. She asks him if he felt that. He nods his head. Claire knowing that it was her. Luke blames it on the wind, but she's sure that it was Madeline, wanting her to speak to them, even though he continues shaking more and more from whatever he's hearing. I love this moment. I love that we, we're getting some build up. We're getting Luke scared. Um, yeah,
1: it's not a game for him anymore because he's starting to feel some paranormal activity. Exactly, happen.
0: but glare is pretty brave in her ignorance right yeah. yeah to her it's fun still she she's very has that whimsical child nature
1: i think it's because at first she was really terrified about it yeah and she started to get excited about it and his calmness around the subject because for him i don't think he generally believes yeah until we now that. yeah <laughs> um and I think it's just like the confidence of maybe the alcohol as well. It's just like, oh, let's, oh, yeah, because it's her idea to go to the basement after being told not to go to the basement. You're right. So it's like, this is the poor decision quality of like what happens when someone innocent is into the world of in, um, not, what's of innocence.
0: Oh, uh, well, sure. <laughs> Experience.
1: Yeah. But like, um, uh I can't come up with the word for it, but like going into like alcohol and like being drunk, um, and taking that innocence away a little bit is causing issues.
0: Yeah, I totally forgot. Like when the scene happens that they've been drinking and and they probably are drunk. So that's a really oh, good yeah. point. Yeah,
1: because there's a point where like it's like after it's like oh why'd you say that to her whatever, and it's like well do you want another beer and she's like yeah <laughs> <laughs> she just answers really fast yeah yeah they're just like wasted at this point yeah. But he's sobering up real quick Yeah
0: exactly <laughs> He breathes heavily ripping the headphones off of his head She tells him to wait But he refuses to put the headphones back on She continues asking for Madeline to speak to them Knowing that sh- that she's there with them Whispers and distorted cries surround them She tells him that she can hear her Asking him if he hears the whispering He shakes his head The whispering continuing Eventually turning to a hiss She looks up at the corner Whispering Holy shit Luke shakes as he wants her to say what she sees. She comments that Madeline is right behind him, and she's coming closer. He bolts out there, leaving Claire behind. Now, do you think Claire actually saw Madeline in the corner? I don't think so. I think so. She's very so, nonchalant about it. This, no, but if you
1: see her facial expressions, she's terrified, too. shes I feel like she's surprised that she's behind him. Like if you if you like look at her face, yeah, I remember she, she's like in shock, and the nice lighting as well. See going to pop, the the brightness, but she's like mesmerized, like she can't believe it's right in front of her. She's just like, "Holy shit!" Because she doesn't say anything for a while, yeah, and then she says, "Holy shit!" And he's just like.
0: I'm just surprised what? we don't see it on screen, right? Which
1: I, I think is the point. Yeah, To I build understand. the tension, the scare. Because this is my favorite scene. This oh, This is the is scene it? I was talking about. Okay. Where the acting says it all, and us not knowing makes the scene scarier. Because we can't see what she's seeing, but we can see how scared she is and how terrified he is. Yeah. And you just see him bolt. And I, I feel like seeing both perspectives from her and Luke just really intensifies the scene of how terrifying whatever the thing we can't see is okay so that's how i like it i was that's like fair. "Oh, this scene is fantastic i think this is one of the stronger scenes and this is what i expected all movie long but we ended up getting some type of a comedy yeah but um this is where like things are starting to now yeah like you said ramp up uh but is it a little too late maybe um This gave me like conjuring vibes for sure. Yeah,
0: I think it's a good moment. I think it's a little inflated that they're just able to leave the room, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's that's the thing with this movie. It's like every time there's something scary, it just gets diluted. Yeah, you're right. Later
0: on, you keep saying that. That's that's a really good point. She runs out after him into the lobby, but she can't. But can't find him. He comes out of the back room, wanting to get out of there, not wanting to be there anymore. She understand. She doesn't understand since they made physical contact, not understanding why. He's freaking out, and again to her, she it's uh, almost this naivety of like how, how playful this is. Like she's not right. worried about the repercussions if they actually do make contact. She's like, "Wouldn't this be cool? Wouldn't this be this be fun?" And he's very much like more of a realist. Is like, "Yo, this is some fucked up shit we're fucking with, right? Right? Like, right yeah. It's like you this understand re- what it's this? Real, real. Yeah. He it's blames like this
1: ain't just random door closing. This is a person behind me. <laughs> exactly.
0: He blames it on him just wanting to leave." She questions if it was different than the other times when he saw her. Well, again, that like naivety. While she she uh, excuse me, while walking out of the room, he spills the beans that there was no other times. She doesn't understand. He reveals that he made it up and that he never saw anything. Not wanting anything to do with this anymore, it being too fucked up for him, wanting to leave. He leaves out the door. She chases after him, not wanting him to leave her there. He apologizes as he gets inside of the, his car during the pouring rain and driving off. She doesn't know what she's going to do now. Cut to Claire banging on Lee's door, but she doesn't answer. She's uh, ballsy, right? To like just bang on this like stranger's <laughs> yeah. door, basically be like, "I'm scared, let me in." She's like the heaviest sleeper ever. Yeah,
1: I thought she was dead in this. <laughs> scene. Oh damn! Because she taps on her and like shakes yeah, her a little yeah. bit. And still takes her a while. Like, That's a good
0: point. Yeah, I was like,
1: this person a demon.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she enters inside her room. Lee unconscious on her bed with her side table lamp on. She calls for Lee and shakes her, but she isn't responding immediately. Lee groans awake, Claire shaking her awake further that she needs her help. Lee wakes up, moving her sleeping mask off her eyes, wondering why she's in her room, demanding her to get out of there. She pleads for Lee's help. She turns over and denies to help Claire, wanting her to go away. She questions why she she should help her since they made fun of her, telling Claire that she believes in what she does, and she doesn't believe in wasting her time on them. She lies back down in bed. Claire apologizes for not defending her explaining that she has a problem. Raising her voice that she's scared and alone, adding that Madeline made contact with her, but she doesn't know what to do. This grabs Lee's attention. She turns back over, sitting up in bed. She mm. gasps as she asks for more vodka. So I guess she was just so knocked out because she was straight up just drinking, right?
1: <laughs> so they're all alcoholics in yeah, the movie. <laughs> good point.
0: Claire rummages on there the are
1: no ghosts <laughs> right just <laughs> stuff'll yeah. literally
0: spirits. <laughs> <laughs> Claire rummages on the table of the uh, bottles handing it to her Lee chugs the little bottle wanting to be taken to where the contact happened. Claire takes Lee into the basement Lee whispering for her to wait there as she goes down the stairs. she pulls out her pendulum breathing deeply and hearing faint whispering. The pendulum begins to move from side to side. She continues hearing indistinct whispering that's becoming louder. She hears banging from a certain area until it becomes silent. She opens her eyes, dropping and shattering the pendulum, looking back up at at Claire in fear. Lee is walking back to her room, breathing heavily as Claire is trying to figure out what is going on. She mentions that she's in grave danger and she cannot stay in there any longer. Claire doesn't understand. Lee comments that she has to get dressed, wanting her to get her things, needing her to trust her. Claire bursts into her room grabbing her things as quickly as she can and stuffing them into her backpack. She remembers the man uh, that has the room in 353. She runs out in the hallway yelling to Lee that she has forgotten something and she'll meet her in the lobby. Mm -hmm. She runs in the hallway on the third floor banging on the door for the man. Now Freddie, let me ask you this. Would you go back and to alert this old man or anyone really or would you have gotten the fuck out of there? Um... You could be honest.
1: Yeah, honestly, I would have a lot of empathy, so I'd go up. But once I see the door open, and he's not responding. I'm like, okay, now it's time to go.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I
1: wouldn't go investigate more than I would need to. What
0: well, if he's just taking a dump?
1: If you're- I'm yelling at you, you're not answering. That's you know? a good point. Yeah. Knocking on the door, and the door is already open. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I would be a little too scared. Just to be ignorance. honest. Be like, oh, he got out. I was like, uh, maybe he's out and about yeah. or or I, or I would yell and I was like, Hey, we need to evacuate or like make some random like excuse for him to get out. Yeah. And if there's still no response in a couple seconds, then i would leave. I wouldn't go in to yeah. investigate.
0: I mean, it's interesting, right? Cause there's a, the bathroom door is cracked or, open with
1: the I'll light. I'll be honest. Even before I would do any of that. I would ask her to come up with me because I'd be too scared already.
0: Yeah, she was like, I would not go by myself. Yeah, Yeah. at
1: this point, I'd be like, okay, someone's going to come with me. I don't want to do anything by myself. It's like, if anything, I'm going to have someone with me once shit goes down.
0: Yeah, I really Um, don't know what I do because I think. Okay, well, so if Claire did see Madeline behind Luke, then fuck that. I'm not going. Right. But if she didn't see anything and was being playful, then I probably would go up to the room. Once the,
1: yeah, once she says, like, oh, we have to go. Okay. I believe it because there's a lot of stuff that went down already. Yeah. Uh, Even like my friend I've worked with for such a long time bounced. Yeah. Honestly, there's bad stuff going on and the hotel's closing anyways. I'm just like, I'm out or I'm waiting until morning or something. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Calling out to him, but his door is unlocked. She enters his room, apologizing for disturbing him. Letting him know that there's an emergency and that she has to leave the hotel for a bit.
1: Oh, she, she was doing that.
0: Got it. So she was just telling him that.
1: And then she, found, she I don't finds think, the letter and then that's where she goes. Yeah, anywhere. I don't
0: think it's necessary to let him know, like, I'm going to be gone, right? Because I think it's the middle of the night. Um, I would just leave. Yeah. She goes up the bathroom door asking if he can hear her in there. She finds a note. Picking it up and uh, and reading it, it says, My darling, this is where our life began. Now that you are gone, this is where I want mine to end. Clara realizing that the man may have ended his life, she slowly goes down toward the bathroom, calling to the man. The bathroom is slightly cracked. She looks inside, opening the door to find the man in the tub with his wrists slit and eyes wide open. She covers her mouth, breathing rapidly as she runs out of his room. She takes a puff from her inhaler before hearing a bang from inside the room. Clara pushes the door. Uh, and
1: I hate that the captions were on when I watched this. Yeah. Because when she was outside, you you see the little um, caption pop up that says hisses. Yeah. Like, who the hell's hissing right yeah. now? I don't like that. Yeah. It's like
0: oh, it's disturbing. It's tough. I always go back and forth if I have should have subs on or not for uh, horror specifically because it can like Take away some moments. Like it, it lets you know. Oh, for sure. Happens, yeah. yeah. If
1: you miss something in the corner or something like that. Yeah. But when I saw the hisses and then the bang, I was like, "Yeah, are you still there?
0: Claire pushes the door to Madeline floating inside the room, looking at her with dead eyes. Claire runs downstairs, being startled from running into Luke. He apologizes for leaving her like that. She quickly tells him that they need to get out of there. He stops her, wanting to tell her something. She stops him, frantically telling him that the man killed himself upstairs. He asked her if she called the police, but she hadn't yet. Adding that Lee said that it isn't safe there anymore and she saw Madeline. He tells her to wait a second, taking it interesting that she says she saw Madeline, right? But like the last moment that Luke and Claire interact, it's I saw Madeline behind you. So I wonder I wonder if she really did or not. But again, we I, I don't think we'll know. Right. He tells her to wait a second, taking her back to the couch to try and calm herself down. She stammers as she recalls the sight of the man in the bathroom, pleading for him to get out, for him to get her out of there. He agrees, ready to get her out of there. She stops him to remind him that Lee, excuse me. She stops him to remind him about Lee. He's willing to get her, wanting her to stay down there, asking if she's going to be all right. She claims that she will be as as he runs upstairs to get her. Claire continues breathing heavily, trying to regain her composure. She hears her name being called from down the hall. She turns in the direction to where it's coming from. Another call-, call out of her name. She gets up thinking that it's Lee. She goes down the hall, grabbing the flashlight as she continues going toward the basement. Distorted voices can be heard as she continues down the hall calling for Lee. A door opens from a dark room. Clara continues going toward the basement. Eventually and stupidly open the door up to the basement. She calls out to Lee as she stands at the top of the stairs, telling her that she doesn't want to go back down there, but steps on the first step, asking if she's down there. <laughs> he hears I I don't she, want to go down there, but let me take a yeah, step down Yeah, I know, right? There. Oh, man. Again, very very naive of a character, yes. but I think well, that's the This
1: point. is where it's like, all right, now the trope is like, stupid characters do stupid things. Yeah, exactly. It's like, no, why? Why? Just go. Yeah.
0: She hears faint whispering become louder as one of the beer cans fall down the stairs, startling her. She doesn't notice the man standing behind her right away, mm. looking behind, her, looking behind her back. Startled by him and falling down the, uh, startled by him and falling down the set of stairs, she gains her composure, gaining back up and running down inside the basement. She gets to a point where she stops to catch her breath, noticing that she's bleeding from her head. Her name is hissed down the hall. She points the light to the man standing in the darkness with his arms reached out to her. She makes another run for it going deeper inside the basement, eventually make it to Madeline's burial site. She locks a door, moving back at it, excuse me, moving back as it is being banged. The wood is uh, splintering as the door is breaking open. She runs over to the other door that she looked earlier in the, she locked earlier in the garage. Looking behind her to see Madeline standing in the darkness, Claire mm. pleads and whimpers for, her, for help as Madeline gets closer to her. This is a cool moment. Um, I almost thought the movie was just going to end right after that moment where Madeline's face appears coming after Claire.
1: Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think this is where the art rating really shows itself. Um, I would say from the beginning from like the the suicide onwards it becomes a little bit gorier. Um, actually, a little bit really gorier here. Yeah. Uh, especially the bathtub scene is filled with blood. Uh, but you see her injury as well. And she has a really bad. Yeah, gas. she's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, like her bleeding is not like a small bleeding, it's like bleeding profusely. And seeing that guy at the top of the stairs did scare me. It got me. I was like, damn, that's spooky. That's creepy. Especially because it's someone who's not supposed to be a ghost and now is a ghost. Yeah. And then when she turns around and he's in that weird posture, like pointing towards her, that's creepy imagery as well. Um, I feel like Madeline itself is not that creepy looking, I have to say. Yeah, I do agree. Um, I find him a lot more scary and oh, more intimidating. It's like, what's your motive? I don't even know what you want out That's of true. this situation. Yeah.
0: yeah, and I wondered that. Like- um,
1: But... Yeah, and I don't know if they're all working together. Gather all these souls. I don't know. They don't really explain anything, and we don't get in touch with what are the other three ghosts that are not Madeline. Uh there's a lot of unanswered questions, but of course it goes full circle where she locked up that uh, section of the the garage
0: and she can't get out. You, you know what? Just, just like
1: it's all new.
0: You know what just came to me? Um, and I don't know if I'm right, but people listening might be just yelling at us. As We break this all down. Um, I wonder if the three is them, are sorry? Madeline, the old man, and Claire. And because Lee is the one that sees three, but she's clairvoyant, she's psychic, so, so she, she doesn't, doesn't realize
1: past, present, or future, and she saw the future, yeah. So she's seeing what's see to that. come, right? And that that's a good point. And also, she
0: uh, she warns Claire a lot, um, yeah. And there are moments where Claire like, brings up Madeline and so You're on. The third. Yeah, it's like, oh, you got to get out of here, so on. So, yeah, yeah. Um, That's probably why she has the moments where she's so locked on to Claire. Um, because she feels something, right? She doesn't really understand what she's feeling. She was going to be the last guest. Yeah. And, and, and with the man passing and ending his life there and with the note and seeing him embodied as a spirit, it shows that the hotel, there is paranormal uh, power here that allows right. people to stay there
1: why we never know but yeah. that's fine epilogue mm.
0: fade to paramedics willing a covered body out from the hotel a cop takes a look at the body it being Claire's body he tells them to get her out of here they place her into the ambulance as the cop goes over to Luke explaining that he was banging on the door um, as hard as he could able to hear screaming excuse me Claire, claiming that she uh, called his name but wasn't strong enough to break the door down, he uh, he hands the copper inhaler, letting him know that this was what was at the bottom of the stairs. Uh, the cop takes it, needing Luke to come to him, to, uh, come with him to answer some questions about the man and to help get them in contact with Claire's family. Luke agrees, just needing to grab his stuff first. The cop tells him to grab Lee while he's in there. Uh, he's in there because they'll need her as well. He also asks if Luke gave him all the names and numbers of the other guests wondering if there's anyone else. Luke comments that he gave him everything except for the woman and her kid. The owner, uh, Ron, who returns from Barbados tomorrow. The cop thinks him as he enters back inside. Um, it's interesting. I wonder if um, Luke already discussed with the cops about the man passing or not. I guess he must have, but he yeah, doesn't yeah. mention that. But I, you would think that's part of the conversation. Yeah, And they would... They would mention it here. Luke passes uh, passes up the paramedics wheeling out the man's body. Oh, you're right. Never mind. There it is. I totally forgot about that. He goes into the lobby, briefly looking at the room before heading upstairs to gather Lee. He turns a corner before noticing Claire's door slightly cracked. That's where he finds Lee, staring out the window. He asks her what she's doing in there, letting her know that the police are looking for her. Sharing that they have to go to the station to answer some more questions, she doesn't answer him as she continues looking out the window, repeating that they have to go, realizing that she knew this was going to happen and that she could have done something. Or realizing that she knew this mm. was going to happen and that she could have done something. I guess that's That where, is our confirmation. Yeah, thing. our confirmation that's is the there. three. Lee turns around, telling him. You got it,
1: listeners. Yeah, sorry. Either. Everyone yeah. listening is probably like, like,
0: yo, guys, you know, come on. There are
1: the three ghosts, idiots. <laughs> it's, like, uh, it's like, what is this, the trilogy? We're like, talking about like, one of the things. it's uh, funny. Or the Trinity, not trilogy.
0: <laughs> three. Uh, Lee turns around, yeah. telling him uh, no, that there was nothing that anyone could have done. He repeats that they were looking for downstairs before leaving out the room. Lee walks out of the hotel with her belongings, being, assist, uh, being assisted by the cops with their bags into the cruiser. Everyone uh, starts driving off and leaving the scene. One last fade into the halls, going into Claire's room. A still image of, a, of the room before the door slamming shut. Then, credits. mm Ooh, you know what, I have to say, I think uh, this happens to me a lot, but as we break it down, like break it it more, down huh. and look at through retrospective, I'm like, okay, I understand more what this movie is doing and I have the time to really like analyze it, scene by scene. That's what we that's what we do here, that's right? That's what we do with um, Spoopy Boys. And it, it, I think it upped my score a little bit um, for sure on this movie. I think it's a good ghost story.
1: Yeah, and I think that's what it
0: is. Yeah. It's not like a blockbuster horror. It's a ghost film. story
1: about a ghost story.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, it's low key, and it's not supposed to be like this grand thing. It's it's isolated to this specific uh, small location, and I think yeah. it works well in that regard. I think it does lean a little too heavily on uh, comedy, especially like you mentioned, yeah, yeah, yeah. diluting good horror moments and uh, immediately after with comedy. Uh, I wanted to see more uh, horror built off of that. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think? Um, Yeah, like, um, I think we
1: are in agreement where, like, I think even me liking it more so than I already liked it previously, breaking it down and kind of understanding a little bit more. Because I was like, oh, there's a lot of unanswered questions. I guess they do answer it. Um, So it's cool to see the perspective of actually breaking it down scene by scene to really actually understand the whole picture. Yeah. Um, But yeah, like you said, it's still one of those cases where it's like, I just want a little bit more. Uh, and that's fine because this movie is not that short it's an hour 45 roughly and they don't show much but when they do show it I think it is effective uh, I think there's some great scenes in here I think Ty West is a really good director I think he knows what to do with the camera um and i i think the all of the cast did a good job too with their performance it's just they play really weird wacky characters yeah i hear that. I like all
0: right you know this is gonna sound so random but i feel like i feel like i would have enjoyed this so much if this was like a long youtube video i encountered <laughs> that Maybe makes that's how sense. it's
1: supposed to be i don't know yeah because yeah. they um, play it off like that yeah
0: again i don't think this is a bad movie i think um it just wasn't my cup of tea. But I, I do appreciate it more after we broke it down. Yes. Um, but with that being said, I do want to mention that next our next month's theme is going to be I Want to Suck Your Blood. And Vampire, I love this what for me. Yeah. I Want
1: to Suck Your Blood. Vampire
0: Month. Um, so it looks like yeah. we're going to be starting the month with the movie 30 Days of Night. So look forward mm. to that. But this was Nightlight. A horror movie podcast. I was one of your hosts, David, also known as Nightly, and along me we have Freddie, always keeping it spoopy, also known as Ninety Night Prince, the Head Knight. I hope you feel, feel better. better. Yeah, I feel yeah.
1: better,
0: man. I'm glad we were able to uh, to uh, run the ship.
1: And shout out to David for hosting.
0: Oh, thank you, thank Dude, you. Yeah, I really appreciate it. I, I, uh, it was unplanned, unexpected. I uh, got we Freddie and I got here, and I was like. You want me to do it? He's like, yeah, do it. I'm like, fuck yeah. All right, I'll try. Uh, and killed it. Thanks. I appreciate yeah. it. I think, I think, uh, I think uh, you know, I could use some more practice to polish some edges, but I, I, no, I that was really good. That was fun. Thanks. I appreciate it. Um, but with your help, we can reach more Ghoulish Nights with your recommendation to someone who would enjoy the show. If your podcast allows you to rate our show, consider us giving us a five-star rating as it does help us out a ton. For extra horror-related content, Head over to patreon.com forward slash goodnight, or excuse me, nightlight pod. And that's night with a what? K. And remember, everybody, don't forget your nightlight.